listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? This is the Road to Omaha Podcast, presented by Apollo Media. I'm Stoney, your host. I'm here with my guy, Dez. Dez, how was your weekend? My weekend was good, brother, man. Uh, glad to be here. Glad to be back in Houston. Just got back from spring training, so I finally got to sit in the stadium and watch baseball with a cold brew, too. And uh, just excited. Excited to be here and talk some more college ball with you. Yeah, so it sounds like your weekend uh, seemed to be a lot better than my weekend. Yeah, a tad. A tad. You want to touch on that? We could touch on it. It, it wasn't horrible. I. It, it wasn't a great weekend. It wasn't a bad weekend. I'd say it's a bad weekend. So last week, I ended the podcast with saying Mississippi State, Arkansas is going to be the series to watch. Because you got one versus two in a lot of rankings. You got two versus three in a lot of rankings. In the uh, D1 baseball rankings, it was two versus three. Arkansas, two. Mississippi State, three. That that calls for some noise. That calls for a big weekend. That calls for a lot of fans in the dude because Mississippi State is – doing their own thing, no masks, no vibes. They're just, they're out there just chilling. They're filming the dude, a lot of, a lot of noise there. It was an electric weekend for about half of each game. And I, I genuinely have no idea what happened to the pitching because the pitching was genuinely the best pitching staff in all of college baseball, had the lowest ERA, lower than Vandy's who has Kumar and Leiter. And somehow the pitching never got it done. I don't know what happened at all. I, I just, I genuinely have no idea what happened because Mississippi state was putting runs on the board. They scored, I think maybe the first night they didn't score a whole lot of runs, but they put up a five, four runs in uh, Saturday and Sunday's games. And it was rough. The pitching wasn't there and the hitting was, and that was the concern with Mississippi state this year is the hitting going to get it done. And then all of a sudden this weekend, the pitching doesn't get it done. And it's, it comes as a shock for Mississippi State fans, but it is what it is. And you won your series last week on the road, but you got swept at home and you can't do that. You have to win one and they didn't do that. So it's either a, a wake up call or this team has uh, got a big F word on it. And I couldn't tell you which one it is right now. I'm hoping it's a wake up call. They got Kentucky next week. So it is what it is. Mississippi State getting swept. Arkansas, however, um, Every time I looked at my Twitter feed, every time I had the game on, I would look up and there was another home run by Arkansas. It was, it was annoying. I would to say the least, like when you have the best pitching staff in the country up until this weekend, you, you think there's not going to be a whole lot of home runs. There's going to be more strikeouts, ground balls, less runs. It, it was just pure sadness this weekend in the dude vibes at an all time low. You know, that gif we talked about off air. Um, you know that gif of the dog and it's looking at the cupcakes and it has like flashbacks of like Vietnam and war and all this stuff. That's yes. what it was like for you off here. But hey, it's early. We're not even in April yet. We're doing the first round of conference play. Getting swept at home is never a good thing. We can all agree on that. But Arkansas is like you said, either one or two. Like they're they're a squad, they have dudes, and uh this weekend they just were better dudes in the dude. And so um, now we'll have a problem if you uh, – it's a little tough now because you got to go to Arkansas next. 
and take it serious um, in that second go around of conference play. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, they don't play Arkansas again this year, but we have to go to Vandy at the end of the season. We got to go to Bama. We've got to go. We've already played LSU at LSU, so we have a lot of harder home or harder road series, and then we get Ole Miss at home, which is nice. But that'll be good to have. That, that Super Bulldog weekend is the biggest weekend in Mississippi State all year round. Like there's going to be probably 100,000 people on campus. It's, it's nuts. It's a it's a crazy weekend, and everybody you get the jitters. It's like Ole Miss week. It's a big deal. That's coming up in two weeks. We get a little go around with Kentucky at home and then we get Ole Miss at home. So that's two big series. We'll see if they bounce back next weekend. And just like Arkansas, they lost three in a row. They lost the law tech and then they lost a couple or lost a midweek. And then they lost to Bama on three straight games. Obviously Mississippi state's lost four. Now they dropped the uh, last game against LSU and then got swept. It, it was, it wasn't even very close at all. Today was a little close, but I mean, it, it wasn't, it, the air just – it didn't feel good in the stadium and everything. Halfway through the game, you got cowbells and screaming and smoke and everything, and it's awesome. You're hitting home runs. You go back-to-back to, back to cut the lead, and then it just disappears again. So it, it wasn't a good weekend for Mississippi State, but it's baseball. Sweeps happen. A lot of teams have gotten swept. And speaking of other teams that have gotten swept, another top-five team got swept, Des. Yeah, Florida, right? I the mean, Florida Gators. We, we were just touting them. And what do they call them? Not frauds. Last we week. call them not frauds. And what? How do they repay us? And you know who we called frauds? The team that swept Florida. We may have to issue an apology to all the Gamecocks. And Gamecocks. I mean, maybe maybe the entire state. I don't know how that works. We haven't. Nah, Clemson's in there, before. so I don't really want to apologize to them. Um, South Carolina. I'm not going to apologize fully yet. Because Des and I both said last week that Florida is not a fraud, but they are not the normal Florida that we have seen. Texas A&M, however, frauds, but not frauds. They're not frauds, not yet. But you can't get swept at home. You have a brand-new ballpark, and you have a team that was a consensus number one team at an end of the season, and you're playing a team that, frankly, hasn't looked great since uh, – they had a South Carolina had a hell of a weekend and then they go to Texas and they get destroyed that weekend. And then, so we're, we're South Carolina's falling off the wheels. They're, they're not doing okay. And then all of a sudden they sweep Florida. So South Carolina was still somehow in the top 25. And if you can beat a top five team twice, that's really good. If you sweep them, Damn good. I have no idea what's going on anymore because everybody's getting swept or losing series and teams that you expect to win every weekend are not winning every weekend. So it's just confusing. Yeah. I mean, that's just baseball, right? We, we talked about it before on the pod. Um, and especially in the sec, you haven't, you don't really have a lot of slouches, right? You don't have a lot of series where you can, you're like, as a fan, you'd be like, I expect a sweep here. It's, it's a dog fight. So um, as you could tell, I mean, we, we would have thought Florida would have would have shown up, but, you know, South Carolina came up and said, hey, here's your broom. Thanks for coming. See you later. It, yeah, I mean, you can't ask for much more. If you win all three games in an SEC series, you're doing the right things, clearly. If you lose all three games in an SEC series, 
there's clearly something you got to fix in the midweek and in practice, and you got to fix it quickly before Friday or Thursday, in some cases, turns around because you don't have a whole lot of time to figure it out. If you lose two straight series in a row, you're in some big trouble, especially in the SEC, where you can go 500 and you can be a national seed, or you could be under 500 and you can miss the SEC tournament. Like, there's not really a big buffer for these teams. So, Florida, you've swept and then you've gotten swept here. You're at 500 Mississippi State, however, they're a little under 500 in SEC play now, but there's always bounce back series. But they could also just fall off the rails and we might not see them in Omaha. It, it would be a crazy experience to see not Florida or not Mississippi State in Omaha because they were both two teams that were very t- highly touted heading into the season. And we expected to see them either finishing up a Super Regional and heading to Omaha or heartbreaking lose- losses in the uh, Super Regional. But anyways, what's up with uh, the old Texas-Oklahoma series this weekend? You know, it was good. I, I didn't really tune into a lot of college baseball this week just because we were traveling. We were, we were at spring training. But um, the games I did catch were the tail end of, like, the West Coast games and um, obviously the Texas game. Uh, Texas, Texas do, when, doing what they do, winning a tight game Friday night, Saturday, Saturday flexing – flexing the sticks and then dropping Sunday um, in a really tight game. But I thought that they were just in a fold and Texas actually battled back there at the end. But uh, anytime you could beat a rival, it's always a great thing. Anytime you could beat a rival at home, it's a better thing. And uh, taking a series in the Big 12 is just the name of the game right now for Texas. So um, am I a little worried still about the pitching? Yeah, Ty, Ty's been – he's just a grinding, man. I think that's what you have with the ace – with Ty Madden, there's going to be games where he's on and the games when he's off, he's just going to give you a chance to win. And that's all you can ask from your Friday night starter for any team in the country. If he's off, he's off. It happens. Uh, but can he keep the team in the game, one? And um, two, can the offense pick pick up your ace? And so uh, we've seen that. Um, and when I'm saying, I mean, I mean, he's not giving up a 10 spot. You know, he's, he's just not having seven innings of shutout ball. So, um, excited to see that anytime you beat OU, horns go up. It's great. Uh, my parents were at the game. They said it was a live, live, live crowd. So uh, that's great to see. Um, but yeah, Texas is Texas is really uh, putting them in a in a good spot to to compete for the Big Twelve title, and they're playing good ball right now. I think they're ten games above five hundred. Yeah, that's all you can ask for. You got a stud of a Friday night, and if you continue to win, no matter how it happens, can't ask for much more. And then. Like you said, they're coming out smashing on Saturdays for some reason. I don't know what it is. The air in Austin on Saturdays just turns a little different and the, the dingers start flying out. The doubles come into play and then Sunday they lose. I don't know. If it's if it's a recipe for success with Texas, then you can't argue with it. Exactly. Exactly. So then another series that we highlighted last week was the Louisville and Notre Dame series. We've called I've called the ACC's almost frauds. Des held off last week and with Louisville, we thought were very, very good. They've finally come in at form, and I thought Notre Dame was on the come up. I was still unsure of what Notre Dame is as a baseball team. They hit a lot of homers, but they give up a lot of runs. And they played two games. Each yeah, team I feel won like we one. Got robbed. I feel like we got robbed. Each team won one. And do we do we need to put some tinfoil hats on real quick, Des? Because what happened today on Sunday? 
I let me let me let me find it. I'll put my I'll put my tinfoil hat on. You just run with this. I'm in for it. I'm okay. in for it. So I there was a cancellation, whether it was COVID or Florida State shenanigans where they just didn't want to play the games. Florida State has done this in baseball. They've done it in basketball and they've done it in football over this COVID year. Not saying that COVID's not a big deal at all, but it's it's fishy sometimes, especially with Florida State because they've done it in every sport on multiple occasions. But this is Louisville, Notre Dame, obviously. But series is one and one. The rubber match is on Sunday. COVID shows up apparently and the game is canceled. They're not saying which side it is, yada, yada, yada. And then you see on Twitter, Louisville on the field in Notre Dame practicing on Sunday because there's no days off in the, in the college baseball season, obviously. So they're on the field practicing at Notre Dame, which clearly means that Notre Dame had either COVID issues or did not want to play the Sunday game. Hey, you got to do what it takes. I, I'm Hey, if, if we're keeping the tinfoil hat on, let's 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 roll with it. If if I don't have a Sunday guy, we're already split. I'll take the splitty and uh, we'll just move on down the road. So yeah. I don't I don't. It was strange. It. it was a strange, a strange. occurrence. Which but. if it is COVID, then I scratch all the tinfoil talk, whatever. Call it up. That's fine. But don't I think the, the the takeaway we could take is that. Obviously, we would have loved to see the rubber match, but we we talked about this matchup. We talked about Louisville, like is it Jackal and Hyde? This like, you, we don't know what Louisville seems to show up, and then they start putting these these weekends together. We're like, oh, okay, this is the Louisville team we all expected, and then Notre Dame has just been grinding. Uh, they just been playing with them gold helmets and and, and smacking the ball around the field. And uh, I we both highlighted this last week that this was the series we wanted to see, and so uh, I feel like a fan of the game we were robbed a bit of it but seeing them split is not surprising to me yeah it shows that notre dame has the firepower to play with almost anyone because louisville has that pitching staff they have those bats and they're an experienced team they went to omaha the last time we had it in 2019 and it's tough to beat a team that's that experienced and also has like a 27 year old on their team that's a a navy or an army vet or something like something cool I think maybe he's a Marine. I apologize if I didn't get that right. But I think I've, I've got something on my mind, Des. Yeah, what is that? I think the Horn Frogs up in Fort Worth are cooking a little bit. I think they're back. They're coming back. They're inching their way back. Look, um, I have a special place in my heart for those boys. Uh, I committed there. Um, a little falling out, didn't end up going there, but Schloss has got the boys rolling. Uh, I think he's one of the greatest baseball minds in the country. Uh, I've, I've had many conversations with him, um, in the past. Uh, he's just a great baseball dude. And to see what they've been doing, I mean, not only a sweep of Baylor, but they outscored him 24 to four in those three games. And wasn't it 21 runs in the last two games? Am I mistaken there? I believe so. 10 so, and 11. Yeah. Big games. Uh, that offense, offense ate its Wheaties. So. And that pitching staff has come into form. That, that TCU team did not play very well in that opening weekend. And uh, 
Arlington. They beat Mississippi State. Had a good great good game there, but they didn't look great. They started off shaky the rest of the season. It was just iffy. We weren't sure. They weren't the Horned Frogs of 2016. And here we are, and the Horned Frogs are sweeping Baylor. It's a rival, so obviously Baylor's getting up for that series. And then you sweep that series. It's, you sweep any series in any conference play, you're sitting pretty for the next weekend. Oh, for sure, 100%. Now, we also highlighted Oregon and Arizona State last week. We will not speak of those manners because we do not speak poorly of our ducks. We don't speak poorly about our ducks, but we can say that we did let the listeners know that I was, I did say it. I said it last week. I was afraid of going down spring. It's a little warmer in Arizona. The boys haven't been used to it up in the Pacific Northwest. I was worried and uh, it wasn't great. We don't have to talk about it, but it wasn't great. Yeah, so Oregon dropped the series, but that's neither here nor there. They'll be back next week. Go Ducks. That's all it is. Um, now, Miami, we've talked about them last week. Thought they might be on the frauds list. Fraud or not, I don't know. Hurricanes are good. They'll probably make it to a regional and a super regional and then lose in the super regional. Neither here nor there. But they came out and they beat a, a pretty good Virginia team that's been underwhelming this year. Two, two to one, so not bad. And then LSU, we talked about you last week, buddies, but it's not looking good. It's not good in the swap. It's just not good. There's no no way you can sugarcoat it. Uh, things are not great. And you know what's even worse? What is that, does? They have to get things right against Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter next week. Yeah, um, Yikes. So, so maybe the next week, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Probably not. No, LSU is just. It's a slippery slope. We said it. Like I think you touched on it a little bit earlier. Like uh, it's, it's tough when you play in a conference that is so, so full with MLB dudes that if you drop one or two series, you're already on a slippery slope and then, you got these cats on the mound that are 1A, 1-2, and, uh, like, uh, hello, LSU. Like, you got you to gotta figure it out. And it, it would be so us in this pod to, to, to rag on LSU right here, and they sweep them next week. Like, how – that would be bananas. Absolutely yeah, because our fraud not segment has been – off the rails the last <laughs> few weeks. Bet the other way for the next week. Like whatever. Whatever we list, say. Yes. Exact opposite. Please. Yeah. So LSU not good. On the other hand, Tennessee very good. Yeah. As of right now, I mean they're sitting at number twelve on D one baseball rankings on Sunday, March twenty eighth. So I'm assuming with the sweep sweep of LSU, you you got a few losses in the top. Yeah, in the top five, and then you got a couple of one and ones. So I could see him sneaking in at top 10, but probably sitting right around that 12 to nine range on D1 baseball rankings. And Tennessee, they've been playing a lot of close games, but frankly, it doesn't matter how you get the W's. So you keep winning those close a games. Win and if, and th- um, that's where the good win. that's where the good teams come out is in those close games. Can you get the win? Can you get the walk-off? Can you get the go-ahead run? Can you get that strikeout to end the inning? And a bases loaded jam. Like, and Tennessee's been doing that all season. They've been very good. They haven't played the Vandys, the Mississippi States, the Arkansas, the Floridas yet, but 
this weekend, if any weekend, has proven that any of those teams can lose and lose all three games. So props to Tennessee this season. They're they're playing a hell of a season so far. And then I want to give one shout out to uh, Louisiana Tech, La Tech. Oh, you get out of my head! I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna say this. Go ahead. So they they took care of little brother for us, Southern Miss. Um, they won the series three to one, and La Tech has been on a roll lately. Have you seen their Twitter? It's it's great. It's great. They've been favoring a few of our tweets. Diamond little, dogs, baby. I you know what? I know we have our boys out in Oregon, but I, I think this may be my second team. I may get me a pet duck and a pet bulldog. My my little Georgia Georgia Bear Golden Retriever. She may get a little a new little brother and sister bulldog and a Oregon duck because. I'm all in on Diamond Dogs. I'm all yeah. in. A- after this weekend and throwing a complete game shutout against Arkansas, who was number one at the time, and that live ballpark, dude, the, the apartments or parking garage or whatever is going on in right field where they're all sitting there along the ri- railing and they're, they're drinking, they're having a good time, they're screaming, they're yelling, they're throwing stuff. It's, it looks like a great environment. I'd love to get down to Ruston, Louisiana. Next year, when COVID's gone, Des and I, we're we're going everywhere. We're going to go everywhere, and we're going to interview a bunch of people while we do it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm a a big Diamond Dogs guy. They're going to move up. I mean, on the road against Southern Miss, um, hey, take it three or four. I wouldn't be surprised if we see them uh, start getting by that that top 10 because I, I think the SEC is just going to start beating up on each other, right? And then we'll see Tech, Texas, and TCU start beating up on each other. There's going to be some spots opening up with a little the little helmet shuffle of these rankings. I could just see these Diamond Dogs just slowly uh, playing good ball and just creep right in that top 10 here by the end of the season. That's yeah. a hot take for you. Little Diamond <laughs> Dogs that one top down. 10. Little Diamond <laughs> Dogs top 10. I, I don't hate it. If they keep playing like that and your Sunday guy's able to – Complete game shutout. An Arkansas team that put up a billion runs on Ar- or on Mississippi State this weekend. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. So that that's our top twenty-five breakdown of the week. Up next, we we've got a. It's not a new segment. It, we're just going to talk about a bracket that we saw from another baseball podcast about the best college baseball uniforms. There were sixty-four of them on that bracket. We're going to discuss how good or how bad that bracket is right now. And welcome back to the Road to Omaha podcast presented by Apollo Media. If you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at Road to Omaha pod and also subscribe and leave a five-star review if you care to on either iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from. We'd love to hear back and get some feedback, get a review in there. It'd be great. And follow us on Twitter. Now, Des. As I mentioned before the break, there was a bracket of uniforms in college baseball, and it was about the best uniforms in college baseball. And it was done by Starting Nine of Barstool Sports. If you haven't listened to them, they're an MLB podcast with a former MLB pitcher, Dallas Braden, who threw a perfect game at one point, and Jared Carabas, a Boston Red Sox superfan. And they talk about MLB baseball. This year, they finally caught wind, and college baseball has taken – the internet and Twitter by storm. And a lot of people are talking about it and we love the recognition for college baseball. Absolutely love it. That's all we want. That's all we want is for college baseball to get the recognition that it deserves. So people can watch it 
wherever they are, except for ESPN plus has it on a block and you have to pay for it and whatever else, but they made a uniform bracket. I almost had a heart attack when he sends me. It's legitimately the, almost had a heart attack. It, it's the most egregious bracket I have ever seen. There's been a lot of people that are like ranking things and they probably just do it for views. Maybe this is what starting nine is doing. It's, that's what Barstool is. It's put I content it. out and try I, I get to get it. views. It's March Madness, right? I get it. It's March Madness. The whole bracket craziness. And it, it worked because there was a lot of college baseball fans in those mentions, and they are upset. A lot of them are upset. Now, Barstool is making college baseball merch. They're putting them out, T-shirts, and all this other kind of stuff. So they're recognizing that college baseball is a thing that is very good for a lot of baseball fans in general that aren't fans of a specific college. But when you don't have Florida or Texas, the University of Florida or the University of Texas on a best uniform bracket in college baseball, there are 64 teams. 64 teams you can put on that bracket. And there was no Florida and there was no Texas. I mean, I'm looking at this bracket here. You got Seton Hall. Why get off my list? Fordham, get off my list. I just what? Uh, Indicott, and why do you have an apricot on your lineup? Like, what is <laughs> going on here? Because the University of Texas, cream, throwback, burnt orange, none of that made it. All right, not even say give me a top seat. Give me, give me this apricot. 15 C that you want to freaking put on there. Are you kidding me right now? And, and it's just egregious because they put Creighton on there who plays in TD Ameritrade where Omaha has played and they call it their home ballpark. It's not y'all's own ballpark. It's Omaha. That's where the best eight teams go every year. Creighton, you can play there all you want, but uniforms also not, not ideal. You got, uh, it's just, it's brutal. Brutal. Now, there were some good things. They had Oklahoma State at number two. And let me tell you, the orange jerseys that say Oklahoma and then State within a baseball bat on the jerseys. Yeah. One of the cleaner looks in all of college baseball. They have creams. They have oranges, blacks, whites. They have all kinds of different combinations, a lot like their football team. I think it looks really good. And it's it's unique because they have a baseball bat literally on their uniform. Not, not a lot of teams have that. So Oklahoma State, I'd say it's good. They had Ole Miss as a number one seed. Now, personally, all I'm right. a Mississippi State fan, and we'll take the maroon and white unis all day long. But the the powder blues are amazing, and you powder can't. Powder blues are sick. But those are the only uniforms that are really, really, really cool for Ole Miss, in my opinion. But uh, I'm biased, and you might be able to try to talk me out of it. But the powder blues are probably a top four uniform in all of college baseball. So I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Now, I mean, Ellis, they had rice on here. Like, and don't get me wrong, rice has been a a blue blood power program in its day, right? The pennies, uh, the 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 dark navy blue. But I mean, Central Connecticut. So, those are that they're so plain. I mean, give me some flair. The the, the pennies and, and the old blue and the old gray. You know, it's just, it's just not great like they got st john's and central connecticut and yeah they got the whole northeastern bias bull crap i don't care 
Whatever. Texas is another. If I, I'm going to just fill out another bracket, I'm going to put Texas as every seed. Also, they have Eastern Michigan on here, which is the uniforms that you get in Madden or in NCAA football when you join a high school team. And there's like six generic teams. That's Eastern Michigan. They're just the green and white version of whatever six choices you have. That's all it is. But then they had LSU at number two. I'm not opposed to that. I love the the gold unis of LSU and then the purples and the whites are also tremendous. But they had some bad things on here too. They put, am I getting this right? They put Notre Dame as a number one seed. Yeah. Notre Dame has one good uniform, and it, yeah. it's only good. Look, Touchdown Jesus isn't walking to that door and giving them four uniforms. They got one. And the gold helmets are really cool with the navy uniforms and maybe the whites. The greens don't look good. The grays don't look good with it. They had Alabama at number two. This is a college baseball uniform bracket, not a college football uniform bracket. They had Arkansas at number seven. Arkansas's cream and white uniforms are some of my favorites with the script A on their hats. Um, they had Oregon, Nike's own Oregon at number eight on a side of the bracket. It's, it's pitiful. And then their, their last number one seed was Vanderbilt. Now, I don't get me wrong. I love Vanderbilt's uniforms, except for the Army green ones that I don't get. Apparently, those are their Sunday home jerseys. Whatever. That's fine. Do whatever you want, but the black pinstripes with the, the black and the gold pinstripe ones are are pretty dirty. But I don't think they're a number one seed. Des, do you think they're a number one seed? I like them. I like I like Vandy's. I think their black uniforms are just they're clean. But I'm also the guy that that if you give me a black T-shirt or some fancy other hundred thousand dollar shirt i'm choosing my little haynes black t-shirt I, I just like the i like the simple simplicity of it um i did have one i had one glaring thing in that region yep um and this will be my last thing about about this usf i don't get it i don't get it i was just in south florida i was just there i don't it, get it it's, it's green and pennies i don't get it yeah this this uh Bracket was obviously invalid when you leave off Florida and Texas. Yeah. 64 for, teams for to choose apricots. from. For apricots. And Central Connecticut, St. John's, whatever. It's fine. We're fine. It, it, Mississippi State was a four seed. Now, I'm obviously biased, and I'd have them as a one seed with Ole Miss and whatever, but they were on the list. I can say that for my team. They were on the list as a four seed. I'm fine with it, but – when you have Bama at number two and Notre Dame at number one and Oregon at number eight, it just is not a good look. It's like you – did you Google search any of them? Or did you just go by names? Uh, yeah. Because you know there's that they a, like a college lot of baseball. It's a lot of questions. Now, we love, we love, love, love the recognition that college baseball is getting this season, especially from a starting nine podcast that has a pro ball pitcher on there and – it's a big deal when they're talking about college baseball and they're getting Jack Leiter on the podcast and everything. Like, it's a big Great deal. for the brand. Great yeah, for the brand. It's awesome. But when you put stuff out like this, it, it might turn off the, the hardcore college baseball fans because you didn't look into it enough. Yeah. 
you might you might have looked on Twitter, you follow all the college baseball teams on Twitter and you see highlights, you see pictures, yada, yada, yada. Like Louisville also has one of the best uniforms in college baseball. Their newspaper unis that they wear, I'm I'm all in on those. I love Louisville's uniforms. I'm all in on Louisville's uniforms. Like they could be a one or a two seed. They weren't. They had North Carolina as a one seed, and I get the powder blues are awesome, but I don't know if they're a one. It might be a three, but there's a lot of teams that were left off. There's a lot of teams that were put on that didn't deserve it. So it's just strange. I liked it, but I, I hated it. Mainly hated it, but I liked that they had a bracket out there. That was kind of cool. But then once I actually looked into the bracket, I was a little mad. I was a little mad. Yes, very upset. So if you had a number one overall seed in a college baseball uniform bracket, who would it be, Des? Uh, you know, I, I saw it, and I'm, I'm going to have to agree with – I mean, I love Oregon's – because it's Oregon has just a factory of uniforms, right? They, they have – they can do any concept. They can call Uncle Phil, and uh, old Phil Knight will get them some brand-new, you know – lunar moon uniforms or something cool like that but i love the classic north carolina tar heel uniforms and i say that because this when i think of college baseball um i i distinctly remember the one college world series when florida was there they had those orange composite bats like right mm-hmm. when the orange composite bats came out it's like oh five yeah and um and in that, I don't know if it was that World Series, but then at the same time frame, North Carolina was dudes. And I loved their uniforms. I absolutely loved seeing Andrew Miller pitch. Like, guy was an absolute animal for North Carolina. And um, so I, I just I just always look back and, and remember that. I love those, the, those blues. Um, I that's that's a that was a one seat for them and i have to agree with it okay yeah i mean i don't hate it that those north carolina teams i remember when i was growing up and we actually had a college baseball playstation 2 game that we were able yeah. to play in it yeah those north carolina dudes from like 04 to 06 in omaha every year blazing through it it, it was a really good team and obviously you got nike and jordan on your your side you're probably gonna have a, a pretty good jersey selection and another yeah. thing I noticed on this bracket, Miami. I, where were they? Where I, were they? The orange, would be so upset. The orange jerseys with the hurricanes and script across it with the M and the, I don't know, whatever kind of font you call it, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. Whoever you are listening to this, you know exactly what M I'm talking about. Yep. The Miami uniforms are insane. And Adidas has done a very good job with their baseball program, their football program. We can not talk about that here because it's not a football podcast, nor are the jerseys that great. But the base Adidas has an incredible baseball line. They got Miami, Mississippi State, Arizona State, all and Texas AM has some great jerseys. Well, I know you hate Texas AM. What do you think about those maroon, the full-on maroon pinstripes for Texas AM? Say exactly what is on your mind. Do not let it slide. I mean, I, I we're recording right now. My, my horns hats on. I gotta say it's complete garbage, right? But they're clean. I'm not. Don't get me wrong. When when A and M is playing good baseball, 
and they get that field rocking and that maroon is going it's just as a fan of baseball i can see it but as a longhorn fan i'm just gonna i'm gonna agree not to comment okay that's fair because as a mississippi state fan we have white pinstripes we have gray pinstripes we don't have the maroon pinstripes and ever since i've seen them on twitter and, and playing in those maroon pinstripes over in college station i've been intrigued and i i want one of those in mississippi state's rotation because i believe mississippi state has a top six uniform rotation in the country because they have so many different combinations they do they have the throwbacks they have the currents and then they have the state script which is early 1900s so they have a lot of options to run with and i've been curious as to what a maroon pinstripe would look like on Mississippi State. And I I think I really, really like them for Texas A&M. I'm just not sure because I haven't seen it on the brother SEC team with the maroon. We have – so we're both of the schools are sponsored by Adidas. They have the exact same maroon because when Mississippi State's new AD came in back in 2011 or whatever it was when they switched over to Adidas, 2013 maybe – he said, I want that maroon and pointed at Texas A&M. So it's the exact same Pantone yeah. color. Like it's exact same on the wheel. So everything that they put out on Adidas that has Texas A&M on it, it's the exact same shirt, but with the Mississippi State logo on it. But I digress. The college baseball uniform bracket was an utter disgrace from we'll starting We'll do a better nine. one. We'll do a better one. Yeah, we'll, we'll put it together. We'll get some graphics going. It'll, it'll probably be in April. You'll have to deal with it. But we'll have a lot of interactions on Twitter. Make sure you follow at Road to Omaha Pod on Twitter. And we'll, we'll start doing some voting from there. Maybe we'll create an Instagram. Oh, just, I like that. We'll just create content everywhere. Now, now that the college uniform bracket discussion is over, let's talk about our players of the week and the biggest series for next week. But it's going to come up right after this. And welcome back to the Road to Omaha podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Road to Omaha pod. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Either that's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get podcasts. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so whenever this drops, you get it immediately. Now, Des, this was another great week of college baseball. There was a lot of great performances, a.k.a. Jack Leiter once again struck out 26 in two games or 36, I don't remember. He pitched another seven scoreless innings, whatever. Struck a lot of people out. He's not my player of the week. He won't be again. Unless he throws a no-hitter or a perfect game, then I have to do it again. But Exactly. Like I said at the top of the podcast, Arkansas, they hit a lot of home runs against Mississippi State this weekend, and it was it's frustrating when your team is just homer after homer after homer and you can't catch up. But Matt Goodhart of Arkansas baseball has had a home run in four straight games. Four. Just say that again. Four straight games. F O U R four. Wow. Four, four in parentheses. If you need that, the number four straight games with a home run. Now, when you do, when you have a home run in one, two, even three games, like everyone's wow, that's buzzing. You got homers in back-to-back days, back-to-back-to-back days. Talk about back-to-back-to-back-to-back days. Four straight days with a home run. It's a big deal. And you can't argue with him as being my first player of the week this week. 
Who I you, love it. I mean, who, you can't. You can't. Who do you have on your first player of the week, Des? Yeah, so um, I'm going to go out west. I'm going to start out west, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the great state of Oregon. Not to our boys, though, uh, but to Oregon State. Four pitchers combined for a little no-no action. Kevin Abel, Joey Munt, Chase Watkins, and Jake Mullenhall. Uh, a no-no on a Friday night in Seattle? Come on. Come on. We got to highlight that. So uh, beating Washington 3-0, four guys, four dudes on the bump. It's got to be great. Get to celebrate with the boys after. Um, so that's who I'm going with first. Yeah, you can't argue with that. A combined no-hitter. Mississippi State did it earlier this uh, year. Jack Leiter has a no-hitter. A couple other teams have combined no-hitters this season. There's been a lot of no-hitters already, and we're only in, what, week five of yeah. college baseball? So I can't wait for who whoever does it next week. Like, it's going to be a weekly occurrence almost at this point. So, yeah, props to the Oregon State Beavers. Also a great uniform that we didn't touch on in the last segment. Um, the Beavers up in – the great state of Corvallis, I believe. But my next player of the week is, uh, once again, a team. Surprise, I'm going with another team because they surprised me a lot more than any other team this week, honestly. Arkansas didn't really surprise me. I knew their bats were hot, so neither here nor there. South Carolina, playing Florida at South Carolina, but South Carolina, they're back. No, they're not. But I don't know if I want to take them off the frauds list yet, but I apologize for putting you on the frauds list and then you beating the number five Florida team. And you just can't argue with that. When you you beat the number five team in the country two games out of three, you're doing a hell of a job and you deserve a shout-out. When you sweep them, you get player of the week, team of the week, South Carolina Gamecocks. Now, in this series on Friday night, it was a 14-inning game. It was a beast of a night. And – a Florida player, I, I don't know his name. He hit a home run in the eighth inning to tie it back up at seven. As he rounded second base and looked into the South Carolina dugout, he he did a little gesture. And it was impolite, to say the least. He, he grabbed a region that rhymes or is basically... Uh, he grabbed his crotch. Half, I'll say it half, for you. I'll half say of Gamecocks. Half of half of the word gamecock. He grabbed his crotch. Now you do the math there. He he did a he did a little gesture and they ended up losing that game to That's South Carolina in 14 great. innings. 14 innings. And if you're able to battle the number five team for 14 innings and come out on top and then win the next two games, did the guy that grabbed, grabbed his gamecock um round in second base and towards that dugout, South Carolina. Must have pissed some people off. You can't do that and then lose your next two games. You got to win one. And you got to. For my least valuable player of the week, it is him. Even though he hit a home run to dead center, it was it was an absolute shot to center field. And he, he did the celebration. Now, it was the most disrespectful and cool thing I have seen on Twitter this weekend. But you can't do that and lose in 14 innings and then also lose the next two. So least valuable player of the week goes out to that guy. Team of the week, South Carolina Gamecocks. I mean, I look, I get it though. Like in a heated game and you're competitive, there's 
probably been chirping throughout the game, a little action around in third base under their dugout. So, I mean, like you said, though, you got to, you have to win the, you have to win that ball game and you can't drop the games behind it either. So, um, so my first team obviously were the, the four cats up on the road in Washington, throwing that combined no hitter. Uh, my second guy, uh, Mr. Cam Williams, they call him the hammer in Austin, Texas. Uh, Saturday, three for five, two bombs, four RBIs. Uh, but the cool thing was, and we'll, we'll drop it on our our um, page, uh, a Bombski's right-handed and an Abomsky's left-handed against OU. And I'm telling you, these were no doubters. I, absolute no doubters. And the last one, he pimped. It was a pimp job of all pimp jobs. Bat flip instantly. Horns going up around third base, pointing the OU dugout, letting him know that, hey, we're here. We're here for the series win. Um, that's my dude. That's my dude, Cam. Um, I just, you just gotta, you gotta tip your cap to him. Uh, I'm a big fan of him. He can just, he can just hit the baseball a long way. So, um, he's my player of the week. And then my honorable mention, uh, we talked to him, talked about him before actually when he wasn't hitting, but Wes Clark, uh, South Carolina, I know you said the entire team, uh, he's hitting up. I have him right here circled down. I have a little flame emoji right here in my notes. Uh, I know you said that's your guy. He's going to be my honorable mention. Uh, but flames, he's heating up. He's in a, I think he's going to have a big month coming up in April. Yeah, so another crazy weekend of college baseball. A lot of teams won. A lot of teams lost in the top 25. And if you're mad about us talking about the SEC again, get used to it, dude, because the top five is all SEC teams. I can't help it. They're just crawling in the top 25. You can't go more than like four spaces without touching at least one or two SEC teams. So if you're mad about it, get over it. You're going to have to deal with it. If you like college baseball, you're going to have to deal with the conference that happens to have a lot of really good teams. That's that's what it is. But shout out to our Pac-12 boys. Shout out to our ACC boys. Shout out to our Diamond Dogs. Shout out to the Diamond Dogs. Diamond Dogs. Law Tech. Shout out. Shout out to the Big Ten, I guess. Whatever. And shout out to the Big 12, of course. And shout out to all you mid-major schools. Y'all are killing it. Dude, the, the Twitter games from a lot of mid-major schools where they have the crappy camera set up where it's right. It's up in the giant part of the stadium where you can't even really see what's going on in the in the field. And they hit no it. Sound. No, no sound. No sound. No commentators. No radio feeds. Shout out to all of you. Because if you're a fan of those kinds of school, it's it's got to be just frustrating that you can't watch college baseball. So everyone that is listening to this, if you know someone with a camera and you know someone that knows how to stream things, get some cameras going, get some streamers and hire a couple of students that want to go commentate some games. They want to learn how to do sports broadcasting. Just put them on the field. If you're a mid-major school or you're D2, D3, how many people are actually going to care how bad your commentators are for the first two weeks of the season. They're going to start figuring it out anyway. They're going to, that's going to be their jobs at one point. So just get it done. Get some streaming equipment. Des is about to stream on Apollo Hue Twitch. If you haven't followed that, do that as well. Subscribe. Gift. I don't, I don't understand Twitch too much yet. I, I Twitch every single day. I still understand it. So, yeah, okay. just come on, cool. follow the channel, hang out. Apollo Hue. It's it's a great time. Des has a great time. He loses a lot of baseball games. He wins a lot of baseball games. 
He does I all rage. FIFA rage. is a little bit of a frustrating sport for Des, but it happens to the best of us. You can't you can't blame him for that. But all those mid-major and Pac-12 schools, Pac-12 and Big Ten, I think are two very frustrating conferences in baseball. ACC as well. ACC is a little frustrating, but I digress. Go get some streaming equipment. I know the schools have plenty of it. Tuition's like $40,000 a year wherever you go anyway. So if you got 20,000 students, you do the math because I won't. I won't do the math. It's a lot of monies. It's a lot of money. A lot of monies. Yeah. So, and get some more scholarships because 11 scholarships is not enough. So rough. That's the NCAA for you though. That's, that's another, that'll be a topic next week. All right. So me and Des are just going to become the commissioners of uh, college baseball and the NCAA. And we're going to run shit in 20 years because I'm sure we're going to have to be old to get into the NCAA. I think that's a rule. You just have to be an old white guy, basically that doesn't give a shit about college students. So, with that being said, that's another episode of uh, the Road to Omaha podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Road to Omaha Pod on Twitter. Follow us there and then subscribe on wherever you're getting your podcast, whether that be Spotify, Apple, Stitcher. Hit that five star review. Give us a review if you want to yell at me or Des for saying anything wrong about your team and make sure that's known to the world. Des, you got any go backs? Uh, no, just another great week. We got some good ball coming up next weekend. Uh, like, subscribe, resubscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, give that five star review, and uh, follow that follow that Twitter account. That's where you can find us every single day. Um, all you schools out there that want recognition, all all the stuff, reach out to us. We like I said, we will sell our souls. We're mercenaries. You want us to you want us to be a friend of your your program? Hey, let us know, and we're all in. We're the quickest. No questions. That, yeah. Quick as it's, it's not going to take a lot guys. So it's not, I, I said, I'm going to buy a bulldog today. Like I, that's how quickly I sold out on the diamond dogs. Like now Louisiana tech, if you're listening, send us a bulldog, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Or some, or some gear. I'll wear some a hat some gear or a latte hat. Oregon. If you're listening again, we're, we're still here. Still we're here. still here. Go dogs. We Go didn't dogs. talk about anything bad that happened this week. Not a once. Not once. Let's go Ducks. Phil Knight, hit us up. Nike contracts? Drop the check. It it doesn't have to be that big. Oh, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And that's another great week of Road to Omaha podcast. Make sure you follow us, subscribe, five-star reviews, two-star reviews, whatever you want to do. I don't care. Just give us some feedback. And we'll see you next week. Love you guys.